It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations at Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Knot is where you'll find vendors for every wedding. Floral to fawn over. Cakes you almost don't want to cut. Oh, it looks so good. DJs to drop it to. Venues worthy of your grid. Photographers that make every hour golden hour. Really, vendors for any vibe. With the help of fresh reviews and a few useful filters, you can find your vendors faster than you can say, I do. The Knot Vendor Marketplace. Find vendors for every wedding at thenot.com slash audio. Football Social Daily Premier League Update Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily Premier League Update As ever, we are your daily source of all things Premier League news Every day we're bringing you the latest news on all 20 sides in the English top flight You can follow us on Acast or wherever you get your football podcasts There's a huge amount of stuff to get through today but obviously there's only one place to start and that is at Goodison Park where Marco Silva has finally, finally been relieved of his duties as Everton manager. After the break, we're going to be looking back at last night's latest round of Premier League action on Amazon Prime in which Arsenal continued their terrible record under new boss Freddie Jungberg and we're also going to be looking at Newcastle United's impressive 2-0 win away at Sheffield United. Joined in the studio today to do all of that is Steve McNaughton. Hello, Fergal. Hello, Marley. Hello. And Marley Anderson. Hello, everyone. Brilliant stuff. And obviously, my name's Fergal Brennan. Right, let's get started. And I can't wait to get Steve's view on this because <laughs> Steve's got a face like a fox looks at his dinner when I'm going to ask him about Marco Silva. <laughs> now, we all know that Marco Silva has been a dead man walking for the last two weeks, maybe longer. But it's been strung out and it's been strung out in probably the most difficult way for him to deal with possible in that he's been allowed to be hammered in the Merseyside derby. But he's now been let go and Everton are without a manager. What was your reaction, Steve, yesterday when you heard the news that your beloved Everton Football Club were no longer with Mr Silva? It's it's funny, isn't it? Because when, when these things happen and, and the managers have put out the misery, so to speak, <laughs> without being too morbid, it's it must feel like... Um, a bit of a cloud's been lifted from the from the club because the only way is up for them now. After that, it's. I mean, I've got like I was writing some notes before we come on, you know, started recording the podcast on it, and I was looking at everything. And obviously, I can't talk about everything that I've written down because we'll be here for two hours. But it's you know, he he was set up to fail. I think at the club, I don't think the recruitment's been right. I don't think that the the players they've bought in have been right. Um, results on the pitch have mirrored that sentiment. I feel, and. I think Everton are at a, a posi- position now where they've got to realise where they fit in, in the scheme of things and they've got to accept themselves 
long-term and short-term realistic objections, objectives uh, for the season. One will be to obviously avoid relegation uh, and the other is to kind of look at top to bottom how the club is run. Um, and I just think that Marco Silva's probably done in the Premier League now. I think he's had three jobs in the, in the Premier League and not really being successful with any of them. I think there was some strands at Hull, wasn't it, when when, when they were... Uh, but they were already relegated, to be fair, you know, when yeah. he was given the job of trying to save them. I mean, I think he had 10 games, didn't he? And he made it closer than it should have been. Yeah. Which is kind of how he got the, the Watford job. Uh, and I it's just kind th- of been framed as a good relegation. He got them good relegated. That's yeah, I've actually heard people say that. Yeah, and <laughs> Everton I th- fans. I, I think, you know, whoever comes in next is, 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 you know, and we'll talk about that a bit later on, like you said, but... It's it, there's a lot of imbalance at the club, and which has got to be addressed. And they've got to curb that spending a little bit because that's going to become a problem for them. And essentially, rip rip it up and start again, really. And that's that's my two P's worth on it at the minute. I think that uh, poor recruitment, over overpaying for players, and and a, ma- a manager that wasn't given the tools to be successful. One of the yeah. main things that. Everton have been criticised for in the last 24 hours is the way they've handled this. It's an odd almost turnaround that Silva's now garnered a bit of sympathy because everyone expected him to be fired immediately in the wake of the Merseyside derby. We expected the, the you know, the Comunicado official within an hour of the final whistle being blown at, at Anfield. Yeah. But do you think the way Everton's handled this, Marley, is has reflected really badly on them and potentially reflected on a bit of a situation at the club that exists regardless of whether Silva's there or not? I think it's a, it's a true reflection of how the club is going, as in it was a bit of a mess how they handled it. They're a bit of a mess on the pitch. They're a bit of a mess in the transfer market. They're throwing money at problems and not solving them. Um, the entire club's sort of the way they are and the, the situation they're in is just completely nowhere near <laughs> where they where they think they should be. And that's that's my my issue with with Everton in the summer was like. You're spending all this money, and you spend money. Fair enough, you spend money every every transfer window. You've got the the financial nous to to go and do that. But when you're talking about top six, like if you look at last year's top six compared to the gap between six, the top six and the rest is just massive. So for fans to be saying like, "Oh yeah, we should be challenging top six, you don't realise how far that is. That's mm. a huge leap. And you know, if you're spending. Five hundred million or whatever they've three, spent three seasons. Yeah, three. Is it five hundred million three seasons? Five, there the, are thereabouts. The, the, yeah. the net spend after yeah, sales is like two hundred. God, that's two yeah. or something like that. It's horrific. It's a phenomenal amount of money. When you look at and the then, return that they're getting on the pitch and in and league positions, exactly. Mm. And all you know, they've put all that into the blind faith of of silver as well. And like, if one thing goes wrong, you've just wrote off <laughs> so much money. And then you've got to start again with that squad, with the new manager that comes in, whoever that may be, and he's got to work with them players. And if he doesn't like him, you're not going to recoup that 240 million net spend back again. You might get profit off like Richarlison or someone like that, but no one's going to Who's pay just you. Signed for it. A, he signed a new he's deal today. He signed a new contract with them. That's the best which, news they've had in. Six he's head and shoulders their best player. Yes, yeah, but you know him like, and Luca Dean. Yeah, look, like that. you've said with with transfers, you know. Um, Square pegs in round holes, you know, 50 million quid on Gilfie Sigurdsson is a lot of money. Mm. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, and, you know, for what they get back off him, it's, it, like, like I say, it's, it's just outrageous, I think. Yeah, I think as well with looking at Marco Silva himself, like, for me, I don't have that much sympathy for him because I feel like he's made a rod for his own back. I think if you're looking at him as a person, as in you're hiring him, 
you look at his track record since he got to England, the, he got relegated with Hull. He showed no sign of sticking around and making it right, as in going down to the Championship. I know a lot of managers would have done the same, so maybe you can kind of let that off. But a lot wouldn't. Yeah, a lot wouldn't. Rafa um, did, didn't he, mate? Rafa did. Dice exactly. did. Rafa did. Dice yeah. did. Eddie Howe's done it uh, all through the leagues. Blah, blah, you know, the examples are endless. But then you look at him at Watford. As soon as Everton came in, his, head's t- his head turned. Yeah. Watford went to absolute shit for six Down months. tools, didn't he? Down and tools. almost got relegated nearly because got, of yep, that. Yep, nearly got relegated. And then he went to Everton and then eventually hasn't gone right. And he's a bit of a, a sulking character. So if you're looking at him from an employment perspective, where's the loyalty? Why would you employ someone like that who you know, if he does well, he's not going to stick with you and see out the project. He's going to get his head turned and he's going to go somewhere else. Next Watford manager. <laughs> he could well be. He could, could go back to Watford. We'd laugh all you want. I don't think that's too unrealistic. I think I think Marley's absolutely nailed that. When If you're a prospective chairman looking for a new manager at your football club and you see his record, not in terms of just on the pitch and, and results, but the way, as Marley says there, the way he operates Look in terms of yeah. loyalty yeah. and in terms of how he's always got his eye on the door. Yes, we all looked at him, at the, well, probably not you, Steve. We all looked at him <laughs> at the end of the Merseyside derby and thought, tough one to take that. But... In reality, a huge amount of the situation that he's in, he's created for himself. He has, and you know, you're absolutely Bob on Marley with what you know when you've just kind of recited all of the stuff that's happened with him. But, <laughs> but when I, I just want to take it to the pitch, and he's you know he's going to Liverpool on uh, Anfield on on Wednesday night, sets him up with three centre halves, changes it after what twenty five minutes yeah. or something like that. It's just I think he's tactically inept. I don't think he's 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 built for the Premier League and. Obviously, he will get another job somewhere, but it would, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if someone took him on because, I'd like be you say, short, yeah, short-term focus on it. Someone might come in and say, well, listen, we've got 12 games trying to stop us going down, uh, you know, like a Southampton or, or a Watford or something like that. But I just think he's not a man that you can you can put the house on. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these clubs, um, and Man United, quite interesting because a lot of fans are calling for Solskjaer to be sacked and then he goes and beats Spurs the other night and suddenly the outlook is a bit more rosier and they're going into the derby at the weekend thinking actually we might be able to get something out of a Man City team that haven't hit, you know, top speed. Form. Yeah. yeah, you know, so I think that it, it, it's interesting and I think Everton are, are, are probably better without him and I think they've got to, like say, just put a line in the sand with it and just go, okay, this is this is as bad as it's going to get, you know, and, and, and start kind of win one game. They've got a tough game at the weekend against Chelsea and try and get some out the next and the next and and like I say have realistic ambitious but realistic you know objectives right well we're going to come back to this ourselves but obviously there's a huge amount of speculation just swirling around the club at the moment we're lucky enough to be joined by Ian Kroll he's the Everton FC reporter for the Liverpool Echo and the host of the Everton Football Club fans podcast the view from the Gladys Street now Ian in terms of the events of yesterday where Marco Silva was brought in and, and the day was extended. Can you give us a little bit on in terms of how the day unfolded and, and the situation that Silva found himself in? I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't ideal, was it? Especially after that 5-2 defeat to Liverpool um, on, on the Wednesday evening. I think most fans and you know the footballing world expected Marco Silva to be um, called into the office in Finch Farm early Thursday morning, but... That wasn't to be the case. He, he took training as far as we were aware. He was there all day. Um, reports suggested he was there till about 6, 7 in the evening. Um, and then he was told that he would no longer be manager of Everton Football Club. Um, a long, drawn-out process. Um, 
obviously the, the appropriate people who need to make those decisions. I don't think we're in the city at the time, so they did have to travel from London up to the northwest, which obviously that you know you got to take stuff like that into account. But I think you know you have to do feel sorry a little bit for Marco Silva. I don't think it, it was ideal f- for him. Um, you know the modern day world of football as it is these days. You know Twitter knows before the actual manager does and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it wasn't ideal. The, the, the process wasn't great, but you know in terms of the sacking. And the decision to sack him, I think it's 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 obviously the right one. I think Everton, um, you know, have lost their way under Marco Silva for a number of reasons. I don't think it's solely down to him. And unfortunately, it's culminated in a five-two defeat to Everton's biggest rivals against Liverpool on Wednesday night. And five-two defeat was just was just obviously too much to take. Obviously, Silva, the writing's been on the wall for some for some time now, but. The way this has been handled in the last week, I almost think that he's he's gained some sympathy from from Everton fans. Um, yeah, partly. I don't think you're wrong in, in in saying that. I think the writing was on the wall ever since the the Norwich game. I think you know Fard Nasheri, the majority shareholder, wanted to give Silver as much time as possible to to see if he could turn it round. But unfortunately, you know, you know, we we were playing first and second in the league in our next two fi- fixtures and. You know, it was always going to be a tough ask. I think we played very well in the first half against Leicester. Played okay in the second half against Leicester, but we, we lost the game. It, 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 it just wasn't wasn't good enough. And some of the, the changes that he made um, during that game didn't really counter what Brendan Rodgers did to his side, and that's why that's why we lost the game. In terms of the derby, you know, playing a high line as as Marco Silva likes to play was just absolutely suicide with the defence that we had. I think probably three of their goals came from the fact that we were playing a high line. The, the amount of space that Divock Origi had um, for for at least two of his goals was, was just insane. I, I, I just think sympathy, yes, in terms of the way this has been drawn out, but absolutely no sympathy at all in, in terms of the way um, he's gone about business over the, over the past couple of days. It's It's been absolutely suicide in terms of what he's done. And I just think, yes... You know, another manager, which obviously we're going to talk about, is going to come in and have the same problems. But you know, you need to be able to adapt to you know your squad and the, the current crop of players that you have at your disposal. And I don't think Marco Silva has, has done that. I think he's he's come in with his own philosophy and style of, style of play that he wants to implement on the side, which is absolutely fine. By the way, I've, I've got nothing against that. But you're only you're only able to do that over time. You have to adapt to the strengths of the, you know, your players that you inherit, and he he hasn't done that. I mean, he hasn't bought the players either that have been able to adapt to his style of play. So it's just been one big mess, and that's culminated into the reason why he's been sacked and why Everton now are looking for another manager. Well, that's obviously the, the next point to to pick up on in terms of who is going to take over on a permanent basis now. In terms of the markets of who's expected to come into Goodison Park, it's pretty clear that there's only two names in the frame. Now, David Moyes has been strong favourite over the last 10 days, two weeks. But in the last 24, 48 hours, a bit of a surprise name has, has come up on the radar, which is Vitor Pereira. Now, many Everton fans, many Premier League fans will, will not really know an awful lot about Pereira. But as the markets change over the last few hours, he's actually now neck and neck with Moyes in terms of who could potentially be the next manager. Where do we see this one going? Obviously, Moyes has been the name that everyone's been thinking about, but Pereira's almost come from nowhere. 
where do we see this potentially going for Everton? Um, from my point of view, I'm, I'm actually quite worried with, the, with where this, this is going to go, to be honest. I think the two names that you mentioned, first of all, David Moyes has obviously been in the you know the shortlist for a considerable couple of weeks. I think favor, um, he's favoured by um, former majority shareholder Bill Kenwright, who's obviously now an advisor to, to Farhad Mashiri. We all know the history David Moyes has got with Everton, so you know it would be a an easy appointment to make. It, it would be probably a safe appointment. Whether that is how he's you know how long he's given a contract for, I've got not absolutely no idea. I'm sure he'll want longer than till the end of this season. Very similar to what Sam Allardyce did um, 18 months ago. So you know, it's, it's a safe appointment. Would Everton? improve under David Moyes. I think they'd improve defensively, certainly under David Moyes. I don't think we could see that as many goals and we'd, we'd definitely become hard to beat long term. I don't, I don't know. You would obviously have to see how it goes. It's impossible to say um, if David Moyes would be a success. Um, in terms of Vita Pereira, again, it's it's just it's a, for me, it's a left field one. Bit of a bit of a crazy one. Like I, I, I believe from what I can remember, he was linked with the club. Probably, I think he was interviewed for the job when um, Roberto Martinez took over. I don't know the reason why he didn't get the job, whether it was because he was deemed not good enough, whether he, his salary um, you know, requirements were, were too much, or he just didn't take the job for whatever reason. We obviously know he's in China now on, on mega books. I, I'm not sure on, on, on this one. He, as far as I know, he's... He's going to be in talks with Everton over, over the next couple of days. If he was to come in, obviously he would he would have my back and he would he would have the fans back. And but it's it's a huge risk. It's it's a massive massive risk. He's he's unproven. Um, certainly in the Premier League, he's never managed in the Premier League. But to come from from China, a league that we you know not a lot of people know that much about, and then to to come to Everton Football Club. I don't really know much of his style of play. What, what he would what, what he would try and do. And again, it's it's just like it's a, it would be a massive massive risk. And as far as I'm aware, like reading reports that he's you know he's on thirty million pound a year. I, I don't know how Everton are going to get around that if 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 that is to be the case. It, it just seems like silly money. And I'm I'm a little bit annoyed to be honest in terms of we 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 know the writing's been on the wall for silver. Um, since you know Norwich, even before that, really, I think I would have hoped the club would be jumping off the shortlist, um, you know, weeks in advance. And the fact that we you know the shortlist only seems to be out now, and you know a number of names seem to be on it. I, I would like a manager in by by Monday, really. That's that's how I would see it because you know the last time this happened, I think it was seven to eight weeks until we appointed the permanent manager in Sam Allardyce, and that was just too long. We need a manager in as soon as possible because after this Chelsea game we've got a huge game against Manchester United who are at the moment inconsistent and probably the team in this run of fixtures that you would suggest Everton would be able to take take points from but in but, terms of but the right manager needs to be in place for that sorry. Um, just quickly in terms of obviously permanent managers the, the subject that's on everyone's mind at the moment but there will be a new man in the dugout for the game against Chelsea this weekend and that's Duncan Ferguson now Everton have been quite clear that this is just a one game potentially two game thing for what is an absolute cult icon at the club in Duncan Ferguson what can fans expect from Ferguson this weekend in terms of selection and the way that they'll approach the Chelsea game 
Um, well, I think Saturday, you know, has got a completely different feel to it now. I think if Marco Silva was in charge on for, for the Chelsea game, the atmosphere would have been absolutely toxic, certainly if Everton had gone behind early. Um, so, yeah, Budderson is going to have a completely different atmosphere now. Me, personally, I'm, I'm much more looking forward to, to going and watching Everton against Chelsea. I think in terms of team selection and, you know, tactics formation, um, very unsure on what he'll do. I think he's limited in terms of his team selection because injuries are, are going to play a huge part in in that. You know, we're, we are struggling at the moment. Um, but, you know, Duncan Ferguson, you know, former player at the club, scored plenty of goals, considered to be a legend. Um, you know, Goodison will be rocking, but that, without a doubt. It's, it's just a shame that it's not half-five under the lights of Goodison and, you know, the place will be absolutely bouncing then. But, you know, we're playing Chelsea. That you know the Chelsea kids at the moment. Frank Lampard doing a you know a really good job at the minute. And this is Ferguson's chance to 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 show what he can do as a manager. You know it's it's very doubtful that he's going to be you know given the job on a, on a permanent basis. I don't even think he's going to be given the chance to to showcase what he can do. But you, you never know in football. But you know first and foremost, it's one game at a time. Ferguson in charge on Saturday. Goodison will be rocking. And he just needs to be able to motiv- motivate the players, something which I believe Marco Silva was unable to do. Um, again, another another downfall of uh, of Marco really. F- Ferguson, you know, he's a he's a huge character. He's a, he's a huge frame in himself. I don't think many players would be <laughs> you know wanting to get into any uh, you know debates, arguments, or whatever with him. Um, whatever Ferguson says goes is, is what I would suggest, and that's what that's what we need on Saturday. We need to be able to. You know, motivate the players. We need to be able to get up to this because, at the end of the day, you know, looking at the bigger picture, Everton are in the bottom three. Um, probably say yes, yes, we are in a in a relegation battle at the minute. But you know, one or two wins, you know, gets us right back up the table to you know a pot more positive position, and you know, see where we go from there. But you know, Ferguson, he's got he's got the fans full back, and at least for for Saturday, if it takes till you know, the week after then, then so be it for us to get the right man. Um, but all that, the, the all-important thing for, for Saturday is that Everton get three points in and make a good account of themselves. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Ian. Now, you can follow Ian on Twitter at IanCroll1 to keep up to date with all things to do with Everton FC. And you can also listen to him as the host of the Everton Football Club fans podcast, The View from the Gladys Street. That's available on the Royal Blue ACAST channel and the Royal Blue iTunes channel. Now, Ian's given us a fairly comprehensive look at the situation of the last days of silver, mm. that's what I'm calling it now, and the, the kind of new dawn of dunk and also the potential of a very, very bringing in an old man back into Goodison Park and bringing in an absolutely left field choice in, in, in Vitas Pereira. We're going to pick up the manager's chat. Now, Moyes and Pereira, clearly the two names that are the front runners to, yeah. to take this. As, as, as Ian said himself, a few days ago, it was Moyes, 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 with a little bit of a whisper for Eddie Howe. Do you see that have potentially being changed now, or do you still think it's going to be Moyes? I think it. I think it'll be Moyes. I think David Moyes will be in be in post. At, you know, after the game at the weekend against Chelsea, um, 
it's funny because like the, the Liverpool Echo put a, a, a post out the other day linking Diego Simeone with the job. <laughs> Absolutely no Ambitious, chance. Ambitious, that. Sorry, lads, you're fishing in the wrong pool. That um, is, it's driven by clicks, that, though. Yeah, you know, like, it's, you oh, know. We could get Simeone and then I've, se- I've seen that they've, they've been linked with Ancelotti as well, which is never going to happen. Um, so I think when I talked earlier on about being realistic about things and going, this is our place and where we are, David Moyes is, is perceived as the safe pair of hands and there's no doubt about it, Everton were a good side under Moyes. My biggest concern with it is that he, since he's he's gone there, he was the sacrificial lamb at Manchester United after Fergie went because, yep. you know, probably a bit naive to go in there and think he can do a job straight after Fergie. Um, and then, um, obviously, uh, the West Ham gig uh, as well and, and you know that, that didn't pan out. And I think... You know, West Ham are generally... Well, it didn't pan out in the sense of a long-term thing, but his initial brief was to keep them up, and he kept them up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I suppose you could kind of say that. And I'm, I'm speaking about it retrospectively, because I was I had to think in my head then, did he, did he work at West Ham at one point? <laughs> but, you know, he's... Um, how, did, how long was he at West Ham for? Oh. They just kept him for, I think it was the best seven months. Yeah, yeah so... He had a contract to the end of the season, I think, and then it was uh, one of them where, if everyone's happy, they'll carry on, but... No one, no one was happy. Ah, right, West yeah. Ham, okay, West Ham wanted, now. similar to Everton, West Ham wanted someone better, but they needed Moyes at the time. Mm. But I think he is, he'll be the man to come in and do it. And I think Everton were renowned for having that kind of fierce, not quite dogs of, of war like they were under Joe Royal, but, um, you know, they were very difficult to beat, especially at Goodison. And, you know, they got closest, you know, European football a couple of times. Obviously, I won't mention the Villarreal game, lads, with Pierre Luigi Colina and that decision. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's... I think, yeah, I can't see anyone else. Can you, Marley? No. Um, I mean, if they went for this, the Portuguese fellow who's in China, that Pereira, I think it's just another Punt. massive risk. Yeah. I, you've, We're halfway through the season. Everything's gone tits up so far. You're in the bottom three. As it stands, you're going down. Mm. So maybe you do need someone a little bit safer. And is the, there's not many questions where the answer is David Moyes, but maybe this is one. Um, the only thing I would worry about is Moyes' um, Moyes' old Everton was very direct and very physical, and I don't think they've got any, that. If he if he wants to implement that style, they haven't got that type of player anymore. Well, they had got Lukaku lot, playing for him, didn't they? Yeah, they had Lukaku, yeah. and they were they were at the best. But even right the team, they had Fellaini and stuff, and yeah. it would everything would get sort of linked <coughs> to him. He'd take it down on the chest and cause all mm. sorts of problems in the box, and they haven't got players like that anymore. So he might be forced into a different style. They haven't got a target, man. No. They've got a few strikers who don't really... Have, none of them have really hit the stride so far. Um, I mean, Moise Keane looked terrible when he came on the other night, didn't he? I mean, I know he's only a young lad. He's only, I think he looks exactly what he is, which is a, a young striker who's come raw. to a new country and a new league managed by Marco Silva. Like, what yeah. What realistically could be expected more from him? I know he had the, the crack against Liverpool where he scored a spectacular goal, but I think he's arguably more symptomatic of where Everton have been going under Silver than anybody mm. else. You look at someone last season in Serie A, people were really talking about him in terms of that he could be a regular for the Italian national side, a regular for Juventus, and now we can't even get on get on for for Everton in the Premier League. Yeah, it's it's I mean I don't think he's long for Everton, is he to be fair. I think he will end up going back to Italy sooner rather than later. But I think it it, it he come on and I just it, Thought this is a guy who was talked about in high regard, you know, last season, like you quite rightly just said. And I thought, I just don't see that with him. And I think, you know, it, it's they've been kind of rushing out and buying players that, 
you wouldn't really expect him to play. I thought Awobi was a funny one, but he, I thought he was one of the better players the other night, you know, uh, in, in the game. But, you know, you look at, I mean, God, front to back. I mean, I've question marks over Jordan Pickford long term myself. I actually Same. thought that Michael I thought, Keane. Yeah, Michael Keane, even though he scored the other night from sloppy defending. I think, you know, that goal Mane scored where it's gone in at, at the post. I mean, how many keepers would save that? A lot. A lot of keepers are going to save that, aren't they? You know, yeah. De Gea is going to save that. Kepa's probably going to get to it. Allison and Edison will probably get to it. Dubravka will get to it. Dubravka will get to it. Uh, <laughs> listen, we've said Dubravka's a good keeper. Um, Dubravka for Everton? Yeah. No chance. But, um, <laughs> Step down. You know, and I mean, that Yerry Mean was more kind of interested in winding Origi up the other night, wasn't he? And, you know, and Origi's obviously got the better of him, you know, over the 90 minutes. And. I don't know. It's just Marcel Brands has got a lot to answer for. You know, they wanted to re-sign Kurt Zuma, didn't they, after he'd been on loan at Chelsea and couldn't get that done. So then he's gone to Marcus Rojo from United and couldn't get that one done. And, um, you know, people... I mean, again, we talk about targets. You know, they were after Mandzukic in summer. It's just not going to sign for Everton. No. You know what I mean? And, and with, with the greatest respect to Everton, Mario Mandzukic doesn't know who Everton are. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Wasn't that w- not the problem in itself? Exactly. He wouldn't know. He would have to Google where Everton is, I think. And that's no, that's just the standing they are for me. Like, if you're going to try and attract a top player who's been around, he's been to Bayern, he's been to Juve, he scored goals wherever he's been. Mm. If you're looking at someone like that and you're trying to pull him to Everton, a 33-year-old striker, is, is he even the right fit anyway? It's just a name for them. Well, I suppose he'd be a bit of a target man, wasn't he? You know, like you you mentioned... Um... I just think he would, him, he would be in I a just sense think all over the place everywhere. But we're scrabbling around at straws here in terms yeah. of and and again I think it will be a link of the old Moyes way of having Lukaku up there or having a target man there. You know, if you go a little bit further back, it would have been someone like James Beattie or Marcus Bent. Yeah. And I just think, is that the way they want to go? Is that the way they want to play football? There's been the thing with with Everton is there's been not just one unfinished jigsaw puzzle. There's three or four unfinished jigsaw puzzles kind of knocking around the desk on Finch Farm of Kuman, Martinez, Aldice came in and just kind of put a, you know a sledgehammer to, to the desk and then the jigsaw pieces fell Pint on the floor. Wine. And now <laughs> there's Silver. He he kind of he, he he's got the jigsaw pieces, but he doesn't have the picture to to make it. It's, it's just a mess. Yeah, it's an absolute and, mess. And whoever comes in, it's going to be a clean up job in terms of sorting out the issues on the pitch, the issues off the pitch, and these things are not going to be solved overnight. No, he's got to keep them up. When he comes in, Moyes has got to keep them up. That's the first and foremost because the fact that the thought of Everton getting relegated is is earth shattering um, for the pre- you know. I mean, it's hilarious for you. Well, <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. I've got family who are Everton supporters, so yeah, we have the kind of jibes on Instagram and stuff like that with each other. But you know, <coughs> they are a, they're, they're a Premier League you know stalwart and and you know they're a big club. They've got money to spend. But it's new just been coming as new well. state. But that seems to be taking forever, though, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, how long? How many t- years have we been talking about Bramley Dock? Two years. Yeah, and it's not even. Have they got sh- the plans for it. And stuff? Not even, no, there's not even so. a shovel gone into the ground though yet. And the council mm. are saying, yes, we want to do this. Yes, and we will financially support you to do it. But it's just. Um, it's going to be called the David Moyes Stadium when he comes yeah, in. Yeah, when, when he comes in, and says, Marco Silva but stand on one they, side. They're probably going to give Moyes money to spend in January as well to try and fix I think the they problem. Have to. Um, and then you're going, Jesus Christ, it's not 500 million over the last three seasons, it's 550 or 560 yeah. or something like that. Why do you try to get the big target man in? Uh, they try and get that kind of big mid- midfielder who's going to support that big target man. Mm. And, um, and I don't know. I mean, we're all scratching our heads at how bad the situation is there, yeah. uh, and how it's being allowed to develop and get to this this position. And I think that you know, Mashiri just cannot keep throwing cash at it. Um, you know, some 
There's teams in the Premier League who are quite frugal with the business and they'll buy when they need to buy. And and that's the model that's been successful, really, because they've got more settled teams and, um, you know, they've got players who they can bring in who can do a job for them. Um, and I think that's what Everton have got to start looking at. You know, they've got to kind of consolidate this season, then try and finish top half next season, maybe a decent cup run, um, and commercially sort out a lot of these deals that they've got in place because they don't get big money off the sponsorships that they've got in place. And they've got to start thinking a bit bigger and being a bit more slicker with things. And just quickly before we go to a break, obviously you mentioned we've talked about big target men. Uh, Everton, as as Ian touched on on, in his comments, are going to have a big target man in the dugout for the Chelsea game, Duncan Ferguson. (laughs) Obviously, famous in your part of the world, Marley, yep. famous on Merseyside, loved by Everton fans. There's been a huge groundswell of support for him for this game on, on Twitter in the last 24 hours after the news that Silver's departed. Yep. What is Duncan Ferguson going to do in training in the next 24 hours ahead of that Chelsea game to get some sort of life into the Everton players? He's going to put a rocket up everyone. He's probably Literally, gonna, possibly. Probably, probably going to knock a few people out if they cross him as well. Literally the hardest man I've ever seen on a football pitch. <laughs> I Duncan don't understand Ferguson. why they didn't do it. I think he's perfect, though. If you're going to have a, a manager in charge for a week, why would you not have an absolute raj like him? Yeah, I he's don't... crazy. Um, like, I, I he crazy. He would talk them out. He'd get 100% out of everyone. And I think... I can't see them beating Chelsea the weekend, but I, the performance should be a lot better, a lot more solid. Yeah, I agree. And I thought they would have done it before the Merseyside derby because you're going to Anfield, you've got a manager who is inevitably going to get the sack any time now. I would have done yeah. it before then. If Put the, Ferguson yeah. in charge for the derby. If there's one thing you need in the derby, it's motivation. Yeah, so he and would that, have put the fire would in the belly, wouldn't yeah. he? He would have been kind of saying, lads, we don't come out, come here and, and not put 110% in. Mm-hmm. You know, we're putting, we're putting, we're leaving our legs in. You know, we're kind of, we're, we're doing tactical fouls on them. We're roughing up their kind of players. We're making it really difficult. And if we pick up a few yellow cards, so be it. Don't want to lose anyone, but I would take that damage and take, you know, a red card from someone. But Liverpool need to know that they've been in a war with us for 90 minutes. And I think, I don't understand why they go, oh yeah, they got thrashed. Um, yeah, conceded five to, to the neighbours and let's sack the manager now because that isn't good enough. It's bonkers and it's it's such a weird way of operating, I think. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break there. Worrying times, interesting times, controversial times at Goodison Park, but it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks there in terms of who they will appoint. After the break, we're going to be looking back at last night's Premier League action, Arsenal losing at home to Brighton and Newcastle winning away from home at Sheffield United. (laughs) Join us again in a minute. Football Social Daily Premier League Updates. Sports Social. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Premier League update. Every day we give you the latest news on the English top flight. You can follow us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts and you can also listen to updates on your own individual team. Simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social and then set it to your chosen club. Now, I'm very upset about the second half of the show. Marley's dead excited. (laughs) Steve's probably somewhere in the middle. So we're going to get the bad stuff out of the way. Well, the bad stuff for me, which is Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Worst Plenty run of, of there, form mate. since 1977. Wow. Losing at home 2-1 to Brighton last night. <coughs> Freddie Youngberg is without a win since he's come in as interim manager. Obviously a draw last weekend against Norwich and then disappointing defeat to Brighton last night. I'm going to throw this over to you guys so I'm not being too maudlin on the mic. Steve. Yes. The game last night, we talked about Everton before the break, lacking passion, lacking organisation, lacking willingness to play for the manager, play for each other. Are we looking at an almost identical situation at Arsenal? Yes, absolutely. And I think 
we, we've commented before and it, it's very clearly a mentality issue at Arsenal. Another giant football club with everything in place to be successful, but they, they, they can't transfer the training ground stuff onto the pitch because for whatever reason, the freezing when they're playing games, certainly at the Emirates as well, because I think they are coming out into a hostile crowd in the Emirates and they just, I mean, I, mean, I didn't see the game last night. Uh, I was on a, 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 a client thing with work, and I, but... It's just, nice. uh, it was all right, yeah, yeah, a bit of food at Fazender and, uh, you know, the alchemist after it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, they're not, what they're not doing is they're not going, right, I'm putting an Arsenal shirt on, I've got the red and white of Arsenal on, I'm prepared to run through walls, I'm prepared to fight any kind of battle in the war that is going to come across in the next 90 minutes. They've got, they've not got players that, I mean, forgive the, the phrase that I'm about to say, but would die for the shirt, you know, and I think that, a lot of other teams around around the Premier League um, have players that will give absolutely everything to try and get a result for for their team on the pitch. Arsenal have the players; they've got talent in the squad in in abundance, like we've said. But there's players like um, you know, like I've talked about Mesut Ozil in the past, and you know, were an unbelievable footballer. But there's something not quite right with him. But we've got to get it out on the table. If there's an issue, Mesut, let's see what the problems are. Hear your concerns. We'll kind of give you our concerns. And we will, we, we'll, you know, we'll take it from there. But them chats aren't, don't appear to be happening, and to be kind of losing the games that they are, be ten points off fourth, you know, realistically out of the Champions League places for next season, it's it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare, and that's what's let the likes of you know Wolves, um, you know Palace in seventh, you know, in, into play. And again, it's a club that has got it all to do. Now, managers, there's an issue here in terms of Youngberg doesn't really seem like he's either doing enough or wants to be the permanent manager. That's that's the vibe that I'm getting from him in terms of his press conferences and in terms of the way that he's carrying himself. But in terms of the names that are being mentioned, he's still, as it stands, he's actually second favourite. The three front runners, as it were, at the moment are all former Arsenal players, Patrick Vieira, Jungberg and Mikel Arteta. The idea of a, an experienced manager or even a manager with a, a moderate amount of, of first-team coaching experience seems to have dropped away if you to follow that line of logic Arsenal are looking for a young coach they're looking to take a chance is that the way they want to be going based on the way things have been turning around under under Jungberg in the first two weeks if if you're looking at it from that perspective the problems they've got don't suit a young unproven potentially great manager Mm. because why you know why take that chance at this point I don't really understand it like Allegri's completely free, but has said today that um, he's he's going to be back in a job at the end of the season, like the in in the summer next summer. Mm. So that's a that's an open goal missed. Um, so then you're looking at whoever's left, and Patrick Vieira is probably the best name out there right now. But even he's like relatively inexperienced. Is that yeah? He's a, not a at this level. In, he is, a year yeah. in France and a little. Spell in America before that at, um, at New York. At New York City, it just didn't FC go that well, did it? Really? Who, ca- the thing is, who cares if it does go well out yeah, there? It's not much of a. It's just an introduction to to coaching. I think I, I think they need someone a bit more studious, a bit more you know authoritarian, professor like who can come in and just kind of command that that respect from the players and just go. You know, put the rockets up, necessary asses really, yeah. and, and just kind of go. You no, know, we're Arsenal. This is how we do things at this club. And, you know, I think Arteta, <laughs> I think, will be interested in that job. I think he'd be mad not to be interested in it. 
I think Brendan Rodgers would love the Arsenal job. But, you know, you, we talked about Marco Silva before and the fact that jump, 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 jump. Leicester, uh, Brendan Rodgers can't really jump from Leicester at the minute, even though it probably cost Arsenal, what, 14 or 15 millions, the, yeah, the number that's like been that. yeah, yeah. bandied about, because a it's a shit look for him if he does that. Yeah. Uh, because then, if, if he does really well at Arsenal, someone else bigger comes in. He's off, you know, if Chelsea come in for him or whatever, you know, he's like, oh, actually, I fancy going doing that. So he's probably hoping that they go into him until the end of the season and then he can go, actually, Arsenal are a club, you know, that I admire and I've done a year and a bit at Leicester, so I'm going to go there. But I just think they they need someone who's going to shake that team to the foundations and go, Jesus Christ. We mentioned, you know, the the lazy journalism that said that linked Simeone with Everton. Arsenal are much more capable club of getting of attracting Simeone yeah. if, if he is truly unhappy at Atletico the best job available in the Premier League if Solskjaer stays is probably Arsenal mm. so why why not just test the result for him yeah. I don't think I'm not sure they could get him but they like Ancelotti as well apparently Arsenal oh, he's a myth for me I, I, just, I, I don't know what he's done Won Champions League, mate. I know, but titles. years ago though, like I don't like now. Look at I look at Napoli now. Sarri had them very close to Juventus, the closest run. In, <laughs> he might, in, he might be back there in summer in years. <laughs> and then Ancelotti's come in, and Napoli like seventh in the league. And know, they, they, they were nowhere near the league last year. They're the nowhere near as good as what they were. Bellend, though, isn't he? Well, I mean, the, the way that the chairman... Quite a few is, of them are. Uh, you, you know, the way he's been carrying on yeah. recently and sending communication, not docking wages and stuff like that. What chances a manager got when your chairman's running right and doing stuff I'm, like that? I'm just not sure he's right anymore. I think his time's gone. I mean, I think there's something in that as well. I think the game has... It's, it, it's evolved. And, and that's my concern with, with, with obviously Moyes as well. If you look at how teams are setting up and the systems that teams are using now, he's not going to play football like that. But... No. Uh, Arsenal have got that situation where, they, you know, like I say, it's a lack of availability, which makes me think actually they might go with Youngberg till the end of the season. I, th- I think they will. Ridiculous. I mean, two games, and he's uh, he had two very let's be honest, winnable games. Let's be honest, they're easy games. Mm. Brighton are a good team, but you're at home. They play football, as in they'll leave themselves open. If you if you play toe to toe with them, they'll give you a chance if you're a good enough team. And Arsenal are a good enough team to play around them, but mm. they're just so dereft of confidence they've got nothing left nothing there and then you, as, a, as an audition two games a draw away at Norwich and a home defeat to Brighton if you give him that job on the back of that they might not have a choice though mate I just think the way it stands they do seem to be edging towards this coach idea giving someone a chance which only time will tell whether that works out but the, the signs are worrying in terms of what Arsenal need but who do you want who do I want? As a fan. As an abs- as an in an absolute ideal world, Simeone, but I don't think that's a realistic possibility. In an ideal world that's a realistic possibility, I'd go for Max Allegri, but I just think the mentality of the club at the moment is, you know, you can be you can go down the road of that it's a money saving project that they think they're gonna go for this for this younger younger model. But mm. that just seems to be the way it goes. And obviously, it wasn't all doom and gloom last night for for the sports social team. Marley, yep. we're obviously delighted. Uh, I don't. I, I always feel bad dragging people down. Talking about talking about Everton, talking about Arsenal. Let's talk about Newcastle very yeah. very quickly. Two nil away from home. Uh, they've only lost one game in their last six. A Steve Bruce Renaissance, Marley. Uh, he's he's slowly winning people over. I think um, some of the stuff he does is still a little bit worrying, um, as in. 
like some of the stuff he says before games, he, he tends to just put the worry in, in some fans. Um, but he's he, grinding out results. We got a great result last night. I didn't expect too much from the game at Sheffield United. Obviously, they're playing very well. We're up and down. When, we, when we're good, we're very good. But when we're bad, we're, we're piss poor, really. Um, so it was one of them where if we can get off to a good start, that's what you need. I would have took a point last night, but when St. Maximan somehow pulled off and a header Andy Carroll would have been proud of at the far post, put us 1-0 up, I was like, oh, here we go. We might actually have a chance. Because then the way we play, we suit count, we counter-attack a lot. So if you go 1-0 up, they've, they're forced to attack you. And if you've seen it with the second uh, the second goal, which was obviously um, controversial with VAR, except it was a right decision, so where's, where's the real controversy? Um, it was it was a counter attacking goal, a long ball up to Carroll. He wins the <coughs> header by he didn't even jump. He didn't even have to jump. The defender was trying to jump over him and head it. He flicked it on Shelby Gamble because he knew he was winning it. Perfect counter attacking goal. Everyone stopped. Shelby didn't. Goal two nil. Wraps it up. Eleventh in the league now. Only a few points off. Uh, what six potential European? Yeah, potential European I mean, spot. We're not we're not thinking of of that stuff yet, but. You want to be top of that absolute shit fest in the middle of the league where it's 5th to 18th is like separated by five or six points. You want to come out of that on top, really, and you want to try and put as much gap between you and the teams below you in terms of the guys that are fighting for it. Teams like Palace, uh, Bournemouth, Brighton, these kind of teams, you want to be comfortable above them. So that's, that's still our target. And then... You know, in another ten games' time, we might be we might be twelfth. We might be looking at, you know, an outside shot at the at the top ten, which would be absolutely fantastic for his for his first season. So, happy days. And the, the sky's the limit from there. I never, I didn't think. Just need st- our strikers to score now. More. I, d- <laughs> I didn't think at the start of the season I'd be talking about Arsenal going in one direction and Newcastle going in the other. But <laughs> as it stands, that seems to be the way that it is. Guys, thanks so much for joining me today on the Football Social Daily Premier League update. Obviously, you'll be noticing someone is missing from today's show. That's Mr. Kieran Howley. He's under the weather, so there's no fantasy football news. However, we would like to give a little bit of a shout out. Steve's been doing some Twitter research. Steve's already got a bit of a Twitter fan following himself, but he's got a shout out for the show. Steve, give it to us. Oh, yeah, we had a uh, we had a nice tweet in from uh, a gentleman called Sam Tate, who is a, re- is a big fan of the podcast and regularly listens to us from the States. So I just wanted to kind of say... Listen, taking we, over America, aren't we? We are taking over America, yeah. I just wanted to say a big thank you to him. We appreciate him tuning in and checking us out and spreading the good word about us. And, you know, it's uh, keep listening, please. Great stuff, great stuff. And that's and that's the case. We say that in, on every show. Please keep listening. Feel free to give us a review. If you listen to us on ACAST, wherever you listen to your podcasts, social media, you can follow us on Twitter at The Sports Social. Marley's in charge of that. There's loads of great sports, football content, the whole shebang every single day. Keep listening, keep liking, and keep following the Premier League. Thanks very much. Football Social Daily Premier League Updates. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.